Live from Mountain Oh, you probably have. Yeah, it's it's HTML. I mean, if you can't open a Google Doc from your messenger, like, I mean, you can deal with no line breaks, right? Copy. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, don't okay, stress. Shift enter doesn't work. Yeah, don't stress okay. it, bro. We, we're, we're, we're going. Everyone cool. We're going. We're going. Okay. Welcome to Friday Night Phonown. I am editing that out. Hooray. I'm your host, as always, Doug. And with me are an ass ton of people. But all of them are special in their own way. They're unique, they are cool, they are pillars of the community, and I will let each of them introduce themselves and talk about what they do. Going down the Zencaster list, first up is Colgan. Hey, my name's Colgan. Uh, I'm from, I guess, one of the newer podcasts. We're called The Other Coast, and we're, um, I guess, broadcasting out of South Car- uh, not Southern yeah. California. There we go. Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, neighbor! <laughs> Um, yeah, and um, thanks for having me on the show. Awesome, glad to have you on. Glad, glad that you're podcasting. Next up is Chris. Hello. Yeah, I'm Chris, broadcasting from the UK. Um, one third of the Harlefo Show podcast. Uh, we break down masters and keywords and quite fluffy and fun ways how to play them, really. But we've also got a YouTube channel with TNG Productions, Bat Reps, Painting Guides, beginner-friendly videos we've just started doing. So loads of stuff, really. Awesome. And Ray. How are you guys doing? I'm with uh, Third Floor Wars. Probably are more familiar with my cohort in crime, Craig Shipman. Um, we have our podcast, our YouTube channel, on thirdfloorwars.com, also on Anchor FM and pretty much every other major podcast thing if you want to check us out. I'm kind of the uh, behind-the-scenes tactics-oriented guy, and Craig is the charm and savoir-faire. Next up is Pete. Hey, what's going on? I'm Pete from Rage Quit Wire. I am from South Carolina, <laughs> not the Southern California. But we just we we do a game a gaming just tabletop podcast. We do a lot of different games, but lately we've been pushing really hard into Malifaux just because it's a badass game. So we're playing it. Moment of silence for Guild Ball, folks. Yep. <laughs> we don't. Hey, that was a spicy episode. You want to hear about some people bitching? Oh, I like that one. <laughs> I like You're it. among good company. Next up is a man you probably never heard of this this person. Um. Kyle? Kyle. I'm Kyle. Yes, I'm Kyle. Or as some would call me, Kyle Stones, apparently. <laughs> Not that anybody that knows this podcast would know that term. But <laughs> I am, of course, from Schemes and Stones. And I am from Des Moines, as is Doug, because Doug's in my meta. And we were both co-henchmen there for a while. So I think at this point, if Colgan's the young kid of the group. I'm the old grizzled man because I've been in this thing for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But we yes, love you. <laughs> we love you. Well, thanks. Enough, I've been in it for pretty long, too. So, so who Last. do we have to apologize to? Doug or Kyle for having to put up with the other? Or is it like a mutual apology? I just I, Everyone always should apologize for me. <laughs> always. I mean, I'm fine with it going both ways. We can apologize for both of us. Is that? Cat, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than my issue because Paris said she was hearing noises, which we have bad issues. 
So if I have to suddenly stop and jump off the mic, it's because I'm killing a bat. We can't stay here. It's bat country. <laughs> That's probably not bats, Kyle. Considering the house you live in, it's definitely ghosts. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> could be ghosts. Last but not least, Cody Hyatt. The only person whose name I actually... Fuck off! Got it. Quality production. Uh, Last but not least, A1 Mr. Cody Hyatt. Hey, what up? Uh, Nice to be here, Doug. Uh, Yes, I am Cody. Uh, Number one ranked Malifaux player in A. Uh, I host my podcast, uh, Swamp Fiends, with my buddy Jimmy. He's new to the game, so we talk about improving play and getting uh, better at the game and stuff. And we got 20 episodes now, so go binge. Yes. All right. Okay, we are ready to move forward. Quick recap of the rules if you're new here. I know maybe this might attract some new people. That'd be cool. But most importantly, I would like to to send people out and get to know these podcasts. That's really the the crux of this. I want to spread the listeners out as much as possible. All right. The format of Friday Night Fodown, we have, in this case, a special number. Normally 60 minutes, now 90 minutes on the clock. Once I hit go, uh, we're going to go down the list of people here, starting with Ray, then Chris, then Cody, Pete, Colgan, Kyle, and me last. Each person will pick a topic. We have the list here. They'll give their answer, and then we'll go through the list, and that person, next person, will give their answer, so on and so forth, until we get through everyone. And then the next person in the list will pick theirs, go through everyone, the last person being the first, but all that shit. You'll understand. Have fun. You got your drinks ready, folks? Oh, yeah. Sorry, oh, yeah. Drink. All right. I'm designated driving for everybody. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right, Ray. Are you, you got your topic ready? I got the uh, get the uh, timer right here. Three, two, one, go. Sorry. All right. So I'm not sure who the weeb was who added this last minute, but we're going to okay. start there. Which keyword <laughs> would make the best anime? <laughs> It wasn't me, surprisingly enough. I was actually going to accuse you of it, um, but I, I don't know. Again, don't know who picked it, but bravo. Um, I'm a huge anime nut, and uh, I actually really enjoyed that question. Um, do we start with the person who picked the question? Or? Yeah, you. Um, I actually have this really crazy idea in my head. Uh, for those who are familiar with the animes Trigun and Berserk. Yep. Nice, I really, nice. I really want to cross over between those two types of styles with the free core and Von Schell. Mm. You know, instead of the instead of the Griffin Company, we got the free core company, and then like have that kind of trigun feel, but a little bit grittier. And he's basically all machine, anyways. Now with the big gun, kind of like trigun. Like I, in my head, it works. Okay, you're you're thinking he's more guts, less Griffin. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, that's going to be a pretty awful ending to that show. And I like the Fry Core, damn it. Well, I mean, that's why we cross over, right? You know, we got to blend it. Trigon had a slightly better ending <laughs> than Berserk does. <laughs> so, at least the anime. I don't, I've used to read the manga for Berserk, but uh, I, haven't, I haven't kept up with it in a couple of years. All right. Chris, what answer do you have? Uh, I was the one who put the question on. Not from my. Time. I love you. <laughs> it was love you, mate. Love you. Courtney's the big anime fan out of us. Um, he suggested the question, um, and we went with. Well, he he said Lady J and the Marshals would just be an absolutely amazing anime to watch. Just flaming coffins, people leaping around, killing. Uh, it'd just be unbelievable. I don't want it to be in the style of JoJo, something crazy like that. But more oh, like Jesus. more like Castlevania, I imagine. I don't know if that's too 
too new and no man i i think that's perfect the castlevania lady J. I signed yeah 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 so that's that's me all right, cool. Yeah, no, that they have a lot of the, the 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 feeling of anime, less the visuals. I think visually is like Tui. Yeah. Fix. Oh my god, <laughs> Tui Fix were so anime, damn it. Okay, next on the list is Cody. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really watch. I, I never really watch much anime except for what come on like Adult Swim at like two in the morning. So good enough. Uh, Hoffman and Ryle. Like the Full Metal Alchemist brother, <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> brother. I don't know that's, animation. That's awesome. Oh god, that's oh man. Oh, fuck, that's depressing. That's just depressing when we find out what happens to Royal. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Um, Hoffman really kind of has that bit of hopefulness around him. You don't get a lot with Malfo characters, so that, that's actually a really good answer. Okay, Pete. Yeah, I'm gonna. Insert any Ten Thunders crew. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's I'm, fair. I'm not, I'm that's not a big anime fan. But if I was going to pick which one I think would be the coolest anime show that I would watch, I would say Honey Pot keyword would have some pretty, pretty saucy things going on there. You know, you got the Beckoners, you got Jacob Lynch doing all, you know, crazy shenanigans, being controlled. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of down with that. So for you anime, so for the guys here who are anime fans, I forget the name of the show, but the uh, the most recent like boxing anime, Megalobox. Yeah, that style of animation with Honeypot, but card sharking, dude, <laughs> dude. I know some of those words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm I'm gonna go on a tangent here because I'm one of the few experts here. We got two, one of two options. Option one. Uh, you got kind of like an Akagi or Kaiji sort of gambling anime style in there where it's, you know, all about putting your life on the line and uh, just eking it out through raw skill. Or what was mentioned before, we have like the perfect setting, I think, for a JoJo's reference here because you already have one of the eliminated with a stand going on behind him. So I think you have those two options <laughs> as Coach far Doug, as the anime. That's, that's what I was totally going for. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Awesome. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm helping. I'm I appreciate helping. appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Colding. Col- Colgan. Yes. Um, I, I feel like mine's more generic now that I hear everyone else's. But I was thinking just like the dreamer and kind of like a mishmash of anything like Pokemon, Digimon, like Shaman King type thing. <laughs> I could just see it's like the generic like Shonen thing where at the end it's like, dreamer, you have to believe in yourself. And then he like summons like Lord Chompy bits to like fight the big bad or something <laughs> like that. Dude, dude, until I got you. Mob Psycho. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Just just through art style alone, but the right? story has some parallels to it. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm good. Kyle. So I also decided to go with Hoffman, but take it in a different direction because who else is going to build the jam, the damn giant mech suit because it's Hoffman. So we're going to have Hoffman in a giant mech suit fighting. Maybe we could Voltron it and have a bunch of cats that merge together. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa core will jump in there and we have a couple hunters. Then Howard Langston could be an arm or something. I don't know. I feel like the big bad that's probably gonna be like McMorning, who's just j- making giant meat max. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, well, it'd right? be McMorning and von Stuck combined. Yeah, fused into one one super villain. So like giant Robo versus Attack versus Titan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, Attack on Titan. Perfect. Okay. Um, 
Oh, we're me. I'm cool. All right. My answer for this is the one person in Malfo who's currently living the life of an anime protagonist, at least according to him. That is the infamous keyword with Captain's. <laughs> <laughs> the dude is wacky, off the walls, bonkers, and perfect for an anime protagonist. Uh, definitely of the shonen variety. But uh, yeah, you get you get a lot of that flair with it of him just stealing things and being boisterous and loud and full of color. So that is what I am going with, and that is the end of our list. All right, Chris, pick the next topic. So uh, you're transported into Malifaux in the newest round of Masters. What's your faction keyword and your theme abilities? Ooh, oh god, I've got. <laughs> so yeah um so i i work in retailing shops i thought something along those lines like a merchant type and the way i thought it would fit into malifaux was if i was kind of selling trinkets on the streets but then the keyword ability would be i'd send my little children out to steal those trinkets back in a kind of oliver twist kind of way gain soul stones i think the keyword would be merchant and i'd work alongside the guild so like informing people and I don't know. <laughs> I like the Oliver twist, man. Yeah, the, the kids would be called the dodgy artists. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Have a big henchman there with his little dog as well. The totem would be uh, Peggy. He would do be a bit of condition removal, distracting people. Yeah. Would you? Would you? Sh- oh, would you split uh, newsies with Nelly? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, newsies are terrible. Actually, Nelly can keep them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can juice them up, give them something that will work with you. <laughs> and the other, the other parts of that were who would be your best ally? I think Lucius would be the one, really, because we'd be reporting back to Lucius, like the little birds reporting back to him. And the other nemesis would be either probably Dashiell and the guard or Hamlin, because he'd just be trying to steal the children off me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll not make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> could have said Levy. Could have said Levy. <laughs> yeah, there you said it, not me. Okay. All right. Next up is Cody. Ooh, this is a hard one. Um, yeah. hmm. uh, I don't really do much other than work, uh, play this game, and other <laughs> games. So uh, <laughs> I, let's say I'm like a, a dreamer type, but for <laughs> minis games, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's like a, a voodoo situation. Where uh, the I don't know play games with Zoraida and uh, the pieces we move on the table like reflect something in some sort of real life situation. What would uh, your keyword be? Keyword. Oof. Yeah. Nerds. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all of our keywords. Swamp, swamp friend. Yeah, yeah, Swamp Friend. There. Yeah, you can't even go the route of just, like, reworking your podcast. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I like yeah, the ul- the ultimate meta team where you're just doing things in real life to affect the table. Like, yeah. you have a rule in there that's like, if your opponent doesn't see you move a model, it stays moved. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. Pete. All right, so I have always been a country boy, and I've been living in the South for a while, so I think I would have to be in that Bayou faction, and I also lived out in Kansas for a long time, so I would do something that, it's almost like, it could be a cattle cattle rustling or bovine kind of keyword, but I, I would do something in that realm where it's like, 
you know, almost like Ophelia's keyword where you got a lot of cowboys gunslinging, but they're actually stealing like beasts from other crews. So like if your crew has a beast, maybe for the turn, I can steal it and use it for my own. I don't know if that's an obey, but I would, I would like something where it's like I can actually control it for the whole turn. And that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> so you are the rustler keyword. Yeah, I just want to steal other people's beasts and use them for my own will. <laughs> and then drink some moonshine. That's always good, too. Hell yes. All hey, right. hey, man, we got a lot of people down here in South Carolina that'll brew you up some moonshine if you want it. I am excited. Next time I go down there, the first time I go down there. I I'm got a guy. I got a guy. You got a guy. <laughs> I feel like everyone's got a guy or two guys. Okay, uh, uh, Colgan. Okay, so since immigration and diversity don't really seem to be a thing in Malifaux, I think by default I'd have to be in the Ten Thunders. <laughs> um, hey, Kirai, Kirai, Kirai. <laughs> okay, I guess if... It, she's dead, right? So I guess if I die, I can switch to a different faction? No, she's alive. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I just have to have some sort of traumatic event happen to you. <laughs> I think that's, actually, that's probably most mastered, but... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Just, so- pick, just pick the faction you, you would want to be in. That. Well, let's just go with 10 Thunder since I already oh. prepared all this. Um, yeah. So I think my keyword, <laughs> like for me, I get distracted really easily. So it's like hard for me to stay on task. So I was thinking it, it, it results in me procrastinating a lot. So I think it'd be built around that. So I was thinking like, I don't know, maybe I'd have an aura that every time someone like fails a willpower duel, enemy and allies, they'll just gain distracted, just wandering mm-hmm. around, no one getting anything done. And I'll just draw out the game. So Ten Thunders Nelly is what you're saying. I guess, yeah. Pretty much Ten Thunders Nelly kind Basically of Basically the, the epitome of everything I hate. Fucking <laughs> Okay, Kyle. Alright, anybody that knows me knows that I tend to see some really wonky math in this game. So, to reflect this, I would be in the Outcast because I would be a mercenary for hire. I would be in the keyword called mishire, and the mechanics of it would be you hire me for the opposing crew, and then when I am deployed on that side of the table, you get to remove all the weeks out of your deck, because when I'm on the other side of the table, it seems like the opponent never has any weeks in their deck. Done. Done. (laughs) Sabotage. All right, cool. I really like that mechanic. It would be hard to balance, but... I mean, when when have I actually really cared about balance? What am I? Well, talking I'm very about? expensive. I cost a lot. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you want that? You're gonna have to pay to come onto this podcast. <laughs> Doug is next. What did I have done? Oh, I've got a lot of answers for this. You, you tripped my trigger there with this question. Okay, my keyword. I was actually going to think scoundrels, but in fact, I'm going to go with ampersand. And he's going to be, I am going to be an Arcanist slash Explorers keyword because I like both of those. <laughs> so I'm just kind of mashing my face into, into both of those keywords. So this is kind of playing off of the uh, the logo I use for the podcast is actually a character from Through the Breach I created called uh, Ferris Cramwell. So I'm going to sort of be that guy. And if you know about Ampersand, it is sort of like the haven for all the rogue constructs that have escaped their their master's grasp. So the fluff would be like, oh, rise up against the humans that are trying to oppress us. Cool. That's cool. But to make it more Doug-flavored, which is a terrible flavor, uh, the, the keyword, the, the, the ability across the entire keyword is going to be schadenfreude. 
which says when an enemy model is killed within six inches of this model, it gains focus plus one. Because I love... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always say I love people suffering, but sometimes I love people suffering, okay? Pain. <laughs> okay, that's me, the ampersand keyword. All right, Ray. Um, I would probably be something in the Resurrectionist because for me, the thing that I always really like uh, addressing in general is uh, dementia and dementations in general. I come Mm -hmm. from a role-playing background and one of the big ones we used to do was uh, White Wolf's Vampire the Masquerade. They have a clan that's kind of based around the concept of being insane. Yeah, that's cool. But but they're insane (laughs) because they got a glimpse of how the universe's truths were or their, their clan patron was. And it shattered his mind so completely that all of his progeny's minds also shattered. Whoops. Yeah. So it would be something along that nature. Um, so probably it would be Resurrectionist or Neverborn, but playing on the insanity. Um, pro- that might be the key word is just either uh, uh, dementia or insanity. Um, and it would be based on not having cards in hand which I think is just an interesting concept Ooh, to do. That's kind of like some 12 monkey shit right there. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it all, it, it'll be the character, the concept of the keyword and the theme ability would be that if you either a card threshold where if you're under, you gain abilities, or if you have no cards in hands, you gain abilities, which I think they did something kind of sort of with that in M2 with Terra. Um, oh yeah. Where the number of cards in hand, the more cards you had in hand, the lower the defense were on the void guys. Um, so, but it would be something kind of like similar to that, but not necessarily such a punishing downside, but like the keyword wouldn't turn on until you had less cards in hand. So it would encourage you to do pitch effects and it would actually, be, you know, hand destruction would be a really bad idea into it. Um, but you're now running off the top of your deck basically for, you know, your entire turn because you want to dump the cards as quickly as you can to turn on your abilities. Yeah. And I think that's interesting too, because the they're start Malifaux starting to run into like design space problems and going the negative way is kind of an interesting way to expand that design space. So that would be kind of cool to see. Nerd. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> what were they talking about? Oh, question. Uh, what was, uh, what was your faction? Did you say? Uh, probably Neverborn or res or resurrectionist because I feel that's where like the most insane, individuals come from if it was someone who would like you know was using science for madness i think resurrectionist or maybe even arcanist might fit but um if it's uh more of like an entity of insanity then neverborn would be a better fit okay uh here's a an offer for you sir a question to sort of sort of integrate yourself into the malifaux would you consider the asylum keyword hmm yeah i would consider that neat all right they need some but then you have to accept all the crappy models that come with it well so that's like the thing though right like they can just be dual faction like so that way i don't have to take them they're not the core they're just like cool additions well you can also you can also make it where there's models that can make them better like the models that you bring make them better or like the May Fang thing where it's like you know she's got stuff in bayou and she's got stuff in arcanist and she has stuff in ten thunders but she's but she doesn't actually have a keyword presence in Bayou, even though she's dual keyword for Ten Thunders and, and Arcanist. She has no keyword presence in Bayou, but they have presence for her. So it could be one of those situations, or like a Marcus Camara with the Beast thing, and be just like you know, hey, this is the insane keyword can also hire Asylum as Versible, or you know that type of thing. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. 
All right, Cody, it is your topic. Sure. Um, I like this one. If you can make a 15 Soulstone model for any keyword, what would it be? So um, I have a, qu- a clarification question for this before you get going, Cody. Are 15 Soulstone model or master? I didn't make it. Model. I mean, I think the the, the idea is that it is it basically is a master level model that is not a master. I think that's what okay. I'm playing. Cool. This came from my my crew my uh, Discord. So, uh, yeah. Um, so I answered that first, right? So for me, I think there's a big gap in this keyword anyway. So might as well plug it with a, a, a giant cost model, uh, which would be uh, the plague keyword uh, in mm. Hamlin. And so if I made a 15 soulstone model for that, it would basically just be like a, uh, a mishmash of like sewer parts and like creatures just swarmed into one big ball. Like if you've ever, um, if you've ever played that game inside, I don't know, maybe a spoiler if you haven't played it, but, uh, I just picture some big, like uh, homunculus of various living creatures, like rolled up into one big thing and, uh, could have cool and plague infested. <laughs> yeah, and so Cody, yeah. I, I would point you to the Hell Pit Abomination for Warhammer Fantasy because I think that's kind of the image you're gathering. Yeah, I'm sure there's like 15 Nurgle things that you could just slap on the <laughs> table and roll across them. Well, the Hell Pit <laughs> Abomination is actually a, it was a Skaven monstrous creature that it's an awesome model, but it's just like this sewn together just gigantic rat monster. It's, it's a pretty cool model. Yeah, basically, I'm trying to turn Malifaux in a dexterity game, and I'm gonna get some hunk of metal and roll it across the table. Uh, but yeah, it could have rules like, uh, you know, when it ends a move base to base, it uh, can take one attack, act, you know, like it can treat one attack action on the like enemy models card as its own or something like that, you know, basically. Uh, like yeah. Into the, yeah. 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 Something like that. Uh, I think that'd be sweet. All right. Pete snacks, I believe. All right, so I think to preface this, if you were going to do this, you would have to do something kind of like the Riders, where most factions got a 15-point model. Uh, But a 15-point model has to be pretty powerful in the game. So I'm thinking like at least a 50-millimeter base, something that's just going to be just this hunking mass of just destruction or chaos in the middle of the board. And I've been playing a lot of like the Woe keyword with Pandora, so... I would like some kind of just like, I don't know if it's like a cauldron or, you know, some kind of big, like maybe these witches or maybe these spirits kind of generating and uh, maybe making some kind of mechanism go. Just something where you just these spirits are like haunting and going to destroy everything. And maybe like, a I don't know, let's just call it like a, a 20 inch radius because I want something ridiculous. It just blows up the whole board. If it dies, that'd be cool, too. I, I, I was a big <laughs> I was a big Skaven guy when I played Warhammer Fantasy. And the screaming bell was kind of like this huge mechanism, right? And when you rolled three sixes when you were rolling for it, yeah. it actually blew up and it destroyed like everything <laughs> within like three d six inches. So like, I want something like that. Steroids. Yeah, like if you kill this, it's going to be terrible for me and you. So just think about that. You know, it would be really cool for that type of thing, like a really like punishing kind of. Uh, demise ability that was that would be like you know demise oblivion or something or demise decimation where like every model in play takes damage yeah it just blows the mind yeah there's just no there's no range there's no like an arc of the covenant type thing yeah it's just like congratulations (laughs) this model is dead everybody take three damage (laughs) karina just brings back a nuke from the future 
right. That's Pandora is a really big box. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the bigger box. <laughs> uh, who's up next? Colgan? Uh, yeah, so for this, I was I spent a long time thinking about it, and I decided I would just try and make like the most annoying model I could think of. So I decided to go with the Udami keyword okay. and giving it like vengeance, maybe two or three, give it take the hit, maybe by your side, um, like steamroller <laughs> to go all around the board. Just like every time you try to hit something, so if not, you're going to take like two or three damage and then just give it like incorporeal and like regeneration just to like add on to the spiciness and salt. This model, when this model activates, all models with enemy models within eight inches gain adversary arrive. <laughs> Some bullshit like that. It's 15 soul stones. Come on. It's gotta, it's gotta be ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, Kyle. Alright, well, I'm gonna go with the non-fluff one. The fluff one that makes sense out of all the Malifaux universe would be the Leviathan, but he's gone Ooh. and in prison, so we're not gonna go that route. The Leviathan is not Ramos, it's just a machine that Ramos really likes. Yes. But, anyways... I was thinking about this and something that'd be interesting, and I've been playing some Nelly lately, that it'd be cool to have a mob, basically. And it's just a 15 soulstone giant mob of people that moves around. And maybe you could do like some kind of token system where it's like you could discard a token off of it and like its stats lower, but then you summon a newsie or something like one of the keyword models for journalists, something like that. And so it's essentially just a action efficient model, you know, it'd have like fast and by deep, uh, swift or whatever that Bishop has. So essentially be a three AP model and then have a zero action, to like summon these other little models. Kind of thing. I think that'd be kind of fun. And yeah. it'd be an interesting little piece because Nelly lacks damage. So it'd be nice to have like a giant mob of people that she could sick on people. I mean, she doesn't lack damage turn four or five. Well, she doesn't like damage turn two or three if your opponent's not paying attention. (laughs) Okay, fair. Fair. Well, yeah, I mean, not keen or not aware of what she does. All right. Uh, I have a lot of these. Um, Picking one. Actually, I'm not going to pick one. I'm going to tell you all of the ones except for the one I decided to go with. Uh, Option one, elite keyword, a rules lawyer just lets you change the literal rules of the game. (laughs) Option two, um, (laughs) get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) You know how many rules lawyering I have to do? I'm like the official meta rules lawyer. I would like just ban you forever if that model (laughs) came on the table. I'd be like, that's it. No, we're done. Get it out of here. What if we named it after you? I mean, I'll I'll ban myself. They'll make it easy for everybody. He only has one ability and it's called like actually. <laughs> I'll punch you in your face. Uh, grab the old McMorning uh, avatar for a simulacrum for the. Uh, I, I basically didn't want for each faction. Um, just just a bigger zombie golem thing. Ramos 2.0 for the Arcanist, which is just Ramos is like the giant spider mech. Uh, who's seen Robot Chicken? Uh, yeah. Yes. Like one of the first episodes where Walt Disney comes back to life and tries to hunt down Emilio. Oh my and, god. Yeah, that thing. That's Ramos 2.0. Um, probably my most boring one was a manticore for the Chimera and Fae keyword, which seemed like it'd be pretty cool. Uh, for the Bayou, they get the running of the boars, which is kind of yeah. like Kyle's idea, but it's just it's just boars. That's awesome. Uh, for the uh, Ten Thunders, they get the easy button, which just says you win the game. 
<laughs> Why <laughs> them? <laughs> I need it. No. <laughs> they already have that. Get out of here. <laughs> okay, and the one I decided to go with just because uh, I decided to flex a bit of history knowledge, and I mean, this is disputed, but there's this ridiculous, ridiculous ass long name for uh, that the Germans had for a, a tank back in World War One. So we're going to go ahead and give it to Von Schill because he's more or less kind of like a World War One type uh, crew with the Fry Corps. And <clears throat> This is over 40 letters, so excuse me while I try and read this correctly. Oh, it is so the Schützengraben der Nichtungspanzerkraftwagen. That was right. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> the entire idea is that people actually have to try and pronounce that on podcasts. You're welcome, Kyle. <laughs> hey, listen, all right. this is not infinity, okay? We don't need all the crazy words. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay, I took enough. Lo- I took long enough time. Ray, what what you got for us? I, taste I don't even remember right anymore here. now. Hammered. <laughs> you, know, you just fucking killed me, man. <laughs> um, no, I actually I have two options. Um, I'm a huge Godzilla fan, so I would love to have some form of a kaiju. Like I know we have Hamoratang uh, and uh, other Hamoratangi. Yeah, Hamoratangi, but that's the other side. That's not Malfoy. Yeah. So we need we need something like that in Malifaux. Um and a T-Rex was nice. I like the T-Rex, but it's not a kaiju. It's just a dinosaur. So I want a goddamn kaiju. Um <laughs> but the other one which is a slightly more serious idea, um I would absolutely love a so like the Corfi duet is is a model that you can hire um, but it's also you can replace for it. I, I think for a 15 soul stone, you shouldn't be able to hire it. But if you can replace for it, like maybe that'd be something. I'd Ooh. love to see like Huggy and Lynch have a replace effect where they become a 15 soul stone model. Where the power behind the, you know, the, the man actually takes over and they become this amalgamation of like darkness and like, you know, evilness. Like a more fucked up ashes and dust. Like ba- basically, yes. <laughs> basically, yes. Because we need With- that. With tentacles, because, you know, reasons. Tentacle golem. Okay. Stars. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Pete, it is your topic to pick. Oh, I didn't do it. I said we just skipped over Chris. Fuck. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. All right. Don't worry about me. <laughs> no, don't I'm, let him I'm- off the hook. Don't let him off the <laughs> I, I'll start off by saying I'm absolute shit at points costing. So I don't do beta uh, testing because you could cost something and I wouldn't know whether it was good or bad for the points. I'd just go, yeah, that's fun. That's all right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something more more fluffy in a way. So I decided that something that was really missing from Malifaux was a Sasquatch. Oh. It'd, be, it'd be Jewel Apex and Swamp Fiend because, you know, it's being hunted down and it lives in the swamps. It's more Harry and the Hendersons than anything scary. Just a, just a big wandering goof thing. Uh, it'd have unimpeded, trampled, stealth, and it'd be terrifying. And then I came up with a few things. So attack actions, its main attack would be Bigfoot, which would have four triggers. <laughs> the tone trigger is, what size shoe are you? And you'd gain distracted off that. The mask would be, ugh, cheesy. And anything hits, oh. pushed four inches away. The crow causes an aftershock, which gives it a blast. And the rams is big feet, which lets you take the action again. Dropkick. <laughs> There's a tactical <laughs> action called sassafras gas, which gives it a three-inch concealing aura. 
And then its bonus action was in search of, which means if it's in concealing terrain, it could be moved into another concealing terrain within 12 inches, like a ride the rails kind of. But this was just a big thing that would just pop all over the board. No one would ever be able to actually track it down until it stepped on you. Yeah, the more brutal Midnight Stalker or something. Yeah, <laughs> like a clumsy Midnight Stalker. I appreciate all the amount of attention to detail that you put into that, sir. I was that was my most cool. detailed answer. It's not getting better than that. that that's, why I lo- that's why I love Chris's <laughs> podcast, man. Cheers. <laughs> oh, cheers, dude. Yay, friendship. <laughs> okay. Okay, Pete. Okay, now I can go. You're now allowed to go. Okay. So I know I just bashed Infinity, but I'm going to reference it real quick. Um, <laughs> so like Infi- you do. Infinity just did something really smart where they actually just pretty much, I wouldn't say rebalanced the game, but they really kind of mainstreamed it and made it a little more player friendly. And Malifaux you made it playable. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Okay. <laughs> but. Malifaux kind of suffers from it's an awesome game, but sometimes you like if you're a casual player and you look at what's going on on the table, I've had people like, man, how many fucking tokens do you guys need on the board? And, you know, and they get a game in and they're like, man, this is so confusing. And I think something the question that I'm I'm referencing is the one that I put in, which is, okay, how can Malifaux and us as a community make this more of an accessible game, make it more where we can get more people playing it, blow it up and really make it. Because I, I think it is better than a lot of games out there, but I do think there's a lot of hiccups that slow down the growth where people are like, okay, I just can't get on board with this. It's too much. And I think a couple of things that really slows it down for the people that I've been selling it to are, one, there's a lot of model. Well, for, first off, there's a lot of models just in general, right? But a, some of the models do pretty much the exact same thing. And it's like, okay, you could literally just take these two models from this one faction and just make them one model. They don't need to be two separate models just because they have slightly different attack actions. And then the other one that I think kills the game is there's a lot of out of activation stuff that can really, um, it can really slow and bog the game down. And I'm referring just to stuff like, oh, you know, I did this action and now every model within three moves, you know, two inches or whatever. So now I got to do this. And it, it makes it where the game drags on. And, you know, we're just in that, I think, time period where a lot of people really choose carefully where they devote their gaming time to. So I'm curious to hear what everybody else thinks could be changed to get more people playing the game. So I'm going to pass to, uh, to Colgan there. <laughs> oh man, that's a real heavy one. <laughs> Getting serious on Steam. Listen, Make just- our game better. Go. <laughs> Fix Malifaux. Everybody's talked about it, right? Everybody's like, man, I wish this was kind of like simplified. Like there's times where I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Like when I'm literally getting pushed around into terrain and I'm taking damage like five times, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> uh, I might be the wrong target for this question because like part of the reason I got into Malifaux is just I liked all the little weird janky stuff that you could do. Um, yeah, okay, but, I'm kind but of right there. So the the question is, you know, how do you convert that jankiness, which I love, which is why I like playing the game. Mm-hmm. How do you convert that into getting more people that maybe aren't as intense into the game? <sighs> how do you sell it? I mean, let's see. What, what do we do to actually get people into the game? Because we always cut it down. Because I remember like my first demo with Malifaux was actually, there's way too much going on. This might just be like the meme answer, but 
I'll just say something to get it going. But if you just like, <laughs> if you get like rid of summoning, I think that'll simplify a lot of things. Ooh. Like I wouldn't want to see it go, but like as a new player going into it, it's like, oh yeah, you, you have this master, you, you can hire these models. And then you have all these other models that you can summon in. And you need to have them just like sitting on the sideline. And, you know, every time you summon them in, you're going to need to read all these cards, read all these abilities and know what they do if you want to be good with this master. Um, I think I'm just no. going to get dogpiled for this now. <laughs> you don't summoning, that's what I heard. I mean, I just want to say that I do like summoning and I'm just... I'm, hey, you can't backtrack you know now. You said yeah, it. You know, no, no, yeah, yeah. Let's just go all in. Summoning needs to get killed. It should not be in the game. Everyone who uses summoning masters should just should just leave and create their own meta. Okay, Take all right, we good. Stand, hundred percent behind this. You were you were a coward. Get out. <laughs> Love it. Awesome, awesome. Kyle, fix fix the game. All right. Well, I think this is actually two questions because they're separate questions. I think how as a community we can grow the game is a little different than how could you fix the rules to make it a better, quote unquote, better game. So I'll answer the thing that's realistic and the more of the how do you as far as without a update and being part of weird and all that stuff. I think as a community, one of the things that would be or I guess this would be a weird thing, but one of the things we can push for. I personally think is having solid models. I know a lot of people are going to groan, but I think introducing new players, if you can buy a thing and they can put it on the table right away and play it, you'll get a lot of new players. But the problem is, and that's something that I know, uh, Pete, you play a lot of God tier as well, that God tier, you can do that. I can buy a new model and boom, I can play it. It's on the table. But with Malifaux, depending on what you buy, especially if it's a Bayou, that's like 30 hours of trying to glue something small to something small and gluing it to your finger and cursing and then dropping on the carpet and then screaming and trying to find it on the carpet. And that's just another mini game that I don't want to do. And I just, I think the game would be better if they gave both options. Like let the hobbyist to like, Sure, cool, you have... And I think they did that with the new box, with the uh, Pandora yeah. boxes. They're solid models. Like, give people both options. Like, here's the people that want to build stuff. Here you go. For the people that don't have the time, mental capacity, here's the pre-built stuff. See, but I'll, I'll tell you, I, I don't like building as much anymore. Like, in my younger gaming days, sure. I love painting. But now that's why I like God tier and stuff, man. Because I can literally just pull it out, prime it, paint it, and play it right then if i want it's beautiful exactly exactly and i think you would get a lot more newer players into the game if you did that it's like you just walk them over it's like yeah you can buy any of these and hey if you want to try it out right now go ahead and buy it pull it out and then i have all the other stuff you can just drop it on the table and so, play so kyle like, i have another question before we skip sure. to somebody else for you is do you also think that what models they decide to package together hurts it a little bit because there's some of those boxes where I'm like, I don't need three of those. I agree. The packaging's weird. Unfortunately, I don't know how you fix that. Yeah, it's a big so, issue. That's, I mean, it'd be, you'd have to relook at how you do the packaging. And at this point, that's obviously just not going to happen until like fourth edition comes out. Yeah, I think the company needs whatever. to grow to fix those issues, which is why I was asking about the, the grow mentality of it. Yeah, and I think if you were going to do, like, I know they're going to do the starter sets. That's something they advertise, although I think that's going to be new models. But I think they 
could it be good if they did like new starter sets that are like one of each kind of things and that's solid models and then people can play around a bit more. Um, but the funny thing is you say that to go back and answer a little bit of the other question of making it simpler is when you have three of the same model and you're learning the game, it's a lot easier to know the rule or to learn the crew because it's repeats of things. So, I, I mean... I don't know. I personally think as far as the game itself, it doesn't need to be simplified. At some point, I think I, li I like Malifaux the way it is. Now, yes, I think there are things in the rules that could be fixed. Sure, but that's another rabbit hole that I've already gone into many times in my podcast for various reasons. But as far as holistically speaking, I think the game is pretty well set up overall. And if you want to simplify, you could always just do alternate modes. Like um, I tried to make a for fun kind of make a like a 30 point like almost kind of like a henchman hardcore but the idea is you could only hire cheaper models so it's more like a full crew but at the same time it's using cheaper models so the game should be arguably a little faster especially if you have to use repeat models and like that'd be a mandatory thing i mean that's the as a community that's what we could do is like encourage like alternate modes that are easier to play like henchman hardcore or make our own that we think are also just as fun or viable and that's something we could easily do any of us could do we could sit down and make a rule set and be like hey guys put it out there this is really fun and then just like sell it on your show basically or you know tell people about all these games that you did using this alternate rule not really alternate rules but this specific rule set of like you can only hire models that are six soul stones and less you have to have a henchman leader blah 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 however you want to do it it's actually an interesting th point you're bringing up there kyle because uh i visited georgia and played with the uh, guys down there a little bit and watched how they play and uh henchman and hardcore is actually uh, for a few of the guys there, it's actually their preferred method exactly because it's a faster, quicker, mm -hmm. less rules intensive version. And kind of to your point with like the, 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 the way that things are packaged and all that type of jazz, I think you combine two, two of the things you're talking about, like get that starter set where it's where instead of it's like kind of almost seemingly random models for the keyword, and then you still have to build the keyword out more. You get those models that you can do put right into a henchman hardcore, and they're all pre-assembled. Mm -hmm. Well, starters you know? are huge, man. I mean, you look at gaming companies that use starters. One, it's attractive, and two, as a company, you can focus in and be like, "Hey, these crews were not selling that well. Let's revamp the rules and let's you know get them in a box together and sell it and get people interested in the game and get this crew or this faction really pumped up again." So, I, I think there's a lot of positives to starters in general. Isn't that what the new enforcer boxes are pretty much going to be? They're like a preset enforcer brawl ready to go out the box. I mean, yeah, you'll still have to assemble them and the Bayou one will be horrific, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll still buy it. <laughs> Bless their heart. From, from what we've seen, we, we know what three factions starter boxes are. Uh, you've got the syndicate with outcast. You have, I don't think they have a keyword with explorers and basically some of, some of the Bayou bash models. Yeah. In in um, Gremlins, sorry, Bayou, and I would venture to guess they are probably going to be just enough points for a hardcore. Um, I think there uh, are there four models in the. Yeah, I think it's one henchman, three enforcers. They said. Yeah, I mean, if you could still get that number right exactly to that uh, that twenty 
stone well, plank. And that's perfect for a grow league, right? I mean, yeah, that's, right. that's how you're going to oh, grow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Grow league so the way I would, do it. I would put money on the, the starter boxes being just enough models for a henchman hardcore. Now, they're probably not going to be pre-assembled, but that would be, uh, as Kyle said, that would probably be, make them even more attractive. Just those specific boxes be pre-assembled at the very least. Um, I think, not bring back, it's my turn, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I like, I like the old starter box. I like the old starter box because then you had enough for two people right away, as well as like some scenarios that got you introduced into the game. I don't know if that's going to be in the new starter boxes or not, but there was like scenario one, use like one model scenario two, you use like two models, stuff like that. And then you eventually get up to a Hedgeman hardcore. So I'd like to see that um, for an answer that hasn't been said in my, uh, keeping in mind our current situation with the COVID, I would like to see a, a more a, a bigger push for like social media and videos. I realize that Weird's a small company that can't do a whole ton, but being able to advertise yourself through that in a visual manner, especially with like YouTube and maybe Twitch, um, officially from the company, I think would be very very beneficial. Um, it's also possibly because I've just been really addicted to YouTube lately. But well, I, I think Ray can probably speak to that because to me as a content creator. And I'm also just getting my foot kind of in the door in the video realm for YouTube. Malifaux is a challenging game to record. It's a mm -hmm. long game and there's a lot of things going on. And it's, it's a challenge for the creator to bring all that out in an appealing way for the eye. It really is. Um, and one of the reasons that we started moving to live streams was because just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, um, the method that we were using to do battle reports back in m2 i was doing the graphic design i was doing you know the transitions and the elements in adobe after effects and um premiere and all that and i was having to put in upwards of 80 to 100 hours of editing work into a singular video and that was just not sustainable versus being able to just like you know pop in and overlay on a live stream and uh you know cut cameras type thing and and like the thing is is that it depends on what you're trying to do with it right like there are plenty of guys out there putting out battle reports that they're able to snip down and like you know ash from Gorilla games is a prime example that guy just churns out battle reports yep. and they're all the, a good quality and they're all a consistent quality and um and you love watching them type thing and it's just like it depends on how you go about it and the way we were trying to go about it with having multiple camera angles and having the car cam and having custom graphics is just like it's really intense. But to your point, though, uh, Doug, uh, doing something where like you're doing like, you know, highlights where like almost like a newscast or something like that. I mean, think of I think the guy's name was Duncan. Th uh, think of Duncan from the Fort Warhammer paint channel and what mm -hmm. he did for the the image of 40k in general of, of games workshop in general just by being personable and showing quick tips and like five minute videos that were easy to digest and you know sold products at the same time and i think that you know with intelligent you know ideas behind the helm you can definitely push that type of thing forward yeah and oh. i think i think another thing is like community events are big too like you're talking about pushing it with media I mean, before Steamforge went to shit, they, you know, did great community events. And you look at their Union and Chains event where the community literally dictated what models got put out. I mean, that's huge. The Nathera stuff, um, that the Shards of Nathera, the community event that we did last year yeah. in M2 in last edition. 
Yeah. Um, and then the make the the model make where we got Marlena Webster from. And, yeah, those are um, great. Like those were fantastic. I, I Except loved... if your faction sucks, oh my god, people in your <laughs> faction are terrible. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> mad about Ten Thunders being kingmaker on that, and then getting the alt box because of a dual faction master. No sir. <laughs> Who's up next? Let's Ray. We're just going to be talking about this for the rest of the time. Um, so I'm, I'm in the same camp as Kyle. I think there's two questions here. There's growing it from a community and then like, you know, quote unquote, fixing the game. And similar to some of the other sentiments, I don't really believe the game needs much in the way of fixing. That being said, for that angle of it, I would say a terms glossary would do wonders, um, for things in general. Like I can't tell you the number of times where it's like, man, I wish they defined this term as a game term so that way we had consistent ways for how it works. Hey, Ray, what's another? What? Oh, yeah. What's another model? Yeah, exactly. Prime example there, right? Um, Don't get me started on that. (laughs) Check out our podcast where we did Roundtable, the uh, GG1 stuff for talks on that tomfoolery. Cody was (laughs) on that too, and I'm sure he has memories there. Um, yeah. From the community perspective, though, this is something I actually uh, worked on a lot back in M2E. Um, the casual nature of the game. Like, we talk a lot, especially in, like, some of our podcasts, you know, like, Cody does this in Swamp Fiends. We do it in Third Floor Wars, where we're trying, where we're kind of talking a bit more on the competitive end. Schemes and Stones was doing, like, you know, all that stuff with uh, Kyle was doing all those kinds of breakdowns on, like, how to play things at a high level, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes I feel like we forget that, you know, the majority of gamers out there are actually pretty casual gamers. And so I used to do leagues that were like storyline leagues or Mm -hmm. like there was a league I was working on and I'm still working on it where like people would have strongholds that they'd be able to build up and their stronghold gave them bonuses in the game or achievement leagues, stuff like that. Things that people can come in with their models for something that's low stakes, um, isn't doesn't need to be hyper competitive. But you, but is fun and engaging, and just adds like some extra cool stuff. And you can do things like grow leagues and still give a storyline to it, just for the purposes of like giving people something else to like sink their teeth into besides the robust rules um, and interactions that the game already has. Yeah, and I, I think when you do those leagues, the and it's a really small buy-in for the company because you can do something simple like you can do a, a campaign kit and be like, hey, there's you know eight exclusive alternate models for whatever model you want to pick. And if you participate in the league, you get that alt model. And I think stuff like that, even if you do like buttons, like people will play in these leagues for like silly things like patches and stuff or dice. Oh, totally. Well, not dice in this case, but... for patches. Yeah, right. (laughs) I still got a bag around here with patches on it somewhere. Okay. Uh, Chris, this is next. Yeah, I, I read the question slightly different when it was written down. So when it was, what can we as a company do to grow the game? I didn't really think about the fixing side of it, but like I don't, I don't really say what can be fixed and what couldn't be fixed. I just have fun with it and fuck it. That's me enjoying myself. But as right, far as love it, grow it. As love far it. as growing the game, um, signal boosting from weird. I mean, it's only the last few days really I've seen weird retweets. Anyone? They've only ever kind of put their own tweets out, but then they retweeted that video the other day of the guy who did the advert. Um, I think they can lean on us more for that because we're all out here putting content out off our own backs. And if they retweeted us, that would grow it for them. Weird, please suck my dick. (laughs) (laughs) And cancelled. 
Figuratively, yeah. figuratively. I, I've already burned that bridge. I don't, I'm sure it's one of the billion things that I told you to do. And, and there's, your one, there's your once per show for about burning the bridge with Weir. <laughs> but putting more, putting more online content out now, like you said before, especially now when people are stuck indoors, online Gen Con was um, brilliant for us in the UK. Because Gen Con is something we, we never get to experience, but being able to sit down and watch that with you guys, especially watching Doug like near enough rage quit when he didn't win that limited edition box, but you know, <laughs> we, we don't talk about I was, that. Wasn't actually I wasn't actually mad because, but it was fun. <laughs> I find it fun to be salty, even though I'm not really. I already bought the box. It's your online persona. Yeah, it is. It is the Mister <laughs> Double Scandals. But I, I think you got the point of it there, though, Chris, because it's bloody massive to be able to go online and see things. Like, instead of having yeah. to type into your search bar weird miniatures to fi- find anything about the game. I wasn't relying on photos on Facebook of people who'd actually been to Gen Con and managed to snap a picture of a model in a display case. I was seeing 3D real-time renders being built in front of me game developers talking about it with people. And it, that was absolutely amazing to see. And that kind of impassioned me more for the game. Well, plus, if you look at anything, when you have people and you're if you're going to retweet and show all this cool stuff people are doing, competition breeds excellence. Yeah. The content yeah. quality will go up. You'll see more content coming out. And your game is going to get so much hype. And you're literally putting no money into it. Yeah. There's seven of us here that do podcasts, and it, you know what would it take to to retweet seven of us? Here's seven podcasts about Malifaux you you may not know about. Craig and I talk about this all the time because um, every now and then that that conversation gets started on Facebook or somewhere, whatever about like oh you know here's a podcast talking about this and it's the same as this other podcast or whatever nonsense. It's like there's no such thing as too many podcasts, like yeah. especially for like a small mm-hmm. game, um, which you know realistically speaking, Malifaux is a small game. Um, weird's not a multi-thousand person company or anything by, you know, by any means. Um, so word of mouth is great. Word of mouth is awesome. Word of mouth is free advertising. And so the more people producing content, the better. And like, you know, if you can encourage that simply by like, you know, giving props to, you know, various people and maintaining a social presence, like do that. Well, plus the more you see, you're like, man, what the fuck is going on with this game? It's like, there's 20 podcasts. What the hell? Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's just in Australia. <laughs> passion. We are passionate folks. Cody, are you gone yet? No. Let me get uh, um so yeah, I'll definitely echo everything that's been said. Uh that the, the 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 best thing to grow the game would just be to get more eyes on it. Um and uh I, I think the game's in a great place because like it does allow some creative expression, which is why like uh, tabletop gamers play tabletop games is like uh, it's you can be both creative before the game and in the game and i think uh, the game's in a great place for doing that um what we need is cody on the wheaties box u.s voucher <laughs> number one yeah <laughs> just flexing uh, but um i i don't know the, the most common uh, criticism i get when i'm trying to get people in the game is actually the scale of the models which i, I guess is weird i don't know if that's a common complaint you guys get so uh, maybe if the game was 32 millimeter scale or whatever a uh, heroic scale is that people would find it a little more uh, palatable. I, I think those people are a little crazy. And I think the scale is kind of creeping up. Like if you look at some of the more recent kits, like the Von Schill boxes and stuff, those scouts are giant. Um, cough, cough, not Alphonse. Not Alphonse. Yeah, yeah. 
But um, I, I don't know. I'll be the spicy boy who actually uh, suggests some like rule changes. Um, uh, first of all, I, I, I'm also a crank about stuff that adds time to my game and I feel like it's stealing my life. So uh, I think if they basically, they did a great job with three from two in streamlining stuff. I think they could do the exact same thing, like another layer. Like I'm just looking at my model shelf, like Zoraida has that leader only ability where you get to look at the top card of one deck or the other. That's that's a silly rule that doesn't need to be in the game. It doesn't really change too much, especially uh, making the decision of one card versus the other. It slows it down. It slows down for almost no value. And uh, I'm going to be even uh, spicier. I, I would, in I don't know, this is a, people Say won't it. like this, but this uh, is a I, would get, I would get rid of triggers. I, I think triggers are dumb. I, I don't think they add much. Oh, that's uh, you could just put all the triggers on actual different actions and you would have just as much like creative expression in the game without well, having the... The problem with Malifaux is all the handshakes that you have to do throughout the game. That's what actually adds length to the game. And triggers is just another... Yeah, I was going to say, as a new player, Cody, I, I would say that when I don't know my crew as well, coming into the game as a new player, which you know I just started like maybe a year ago now, but the thing I spent the most time on was like, what trigger do I want? And I start, I sit there and read the card. I'm looking at my hand. I'm reading my card. I'm looking at my hand. And you're right. It does take a bunch of time up, especially with people who are not as comfortable with their crew. Oh my God. I just thought of something. You know what would be absolutely brilliant is if Weird provided a basic and advanced version of like the base cards Ooh. for like a starter set where like one version of the card had triggers and one version of the card did not. So when you're learning the game, you use the basic cards, no triggers. And then when you're ready to move to the advanced, now you get your triggers. You know, Ray, that would be great in a starter. Right. That's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. That's 100% what I'm saying, man. Yeah. So let me create a crew consisting entirely of the three or four models in the game that don't have triggers. Like, is anyone... (laughs) Does anyone actually get any satisfaction off of like top decking a trigger? Is that, is that, any, yes. yes. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That just seems, so I get a lot of dissatisfaction because my opponents seem to always Ooh, hit the attacking triggers. <laughs> like, suck it, nerd. So I'll tell you this the, the biggest problem I had moving from M2E to M3E was the loss of identity. Um, I felt that in the quest to streamline some of the abilities, and I agree with the decision, don't get me wrong. But it lost some of the identity that M2E had. And that's something I think triggers basically allow for. Um, I, now, I think there's way too many triggers. Um, I think that the fact that crit strike is a generic trigger you can have on like 20 different models is good. I think that the fact that we have like, you know, 30 or 40 triggers that are on like one or two models is not. So I would be all for that level of streamlining, but I think triggers bring a complete, a very interesting design space and a very interesting thematic element to uh, Malifaux that isn't present in a lot of other mini games. I'm not saying get rid of the theme. I'm saying split it up. Like a general action has like two triggers that you are cool to hit and two, like, you know, maybe one that you don't, you're like, oh, I just got my, who gives a shit trigger. And then, uh, so just split it into two actions. Yeah, yeah. Split that up into two actions. I just or like a critical hit type thing. You get a crit. I and you think get trigger. One of the things they could have done though is, and I suggested this way back in the day, is use parentheses, so to speak. So you could use an ability, give it a unique, flavorful name that is descriptive and evocative, like aim high, which was an old Bayou. Q 
uh, ability. Then the idea is like you're shooting up because all the Bayou models are height one. And then you could put parentheses and then the generic name. And the generic name is the ability that everybody knows what it does. Aim high is like a descriptor. It's like, oh, cool. It's clever. It gives flavor to the card. But it doesn't to add complexity because we have the general ability described after in this keyword. I think the issue we run into with stuff like that and kind of also in counterpoint to what Cody was saying, um, and this is kind of my only real argument for both of those things, is uh, card space. Like, we already have an issue with that at times. And maybe that's the thing, though. Maybe, like, the point is, is that, you know, try to streamline so that you don't have so much you're dealing with. But card space is a premium. Um, in any game that uses st- stat cards. Um, and it's actually, I feel like it's one of the reasons why 40K doesn't have stat cards is because there's so much rules information. They have tone. same thing. Yeah, they have tone. And same thing with Infinity. There's no stat cards in Infinity or there wasn't um, because there's so much information. Instead, you have a wiki article you have to click through. You know, so it's like, I, I think there's, there's a happy middle there. Um, but that would be my concern, trying to strip trimmed down in that fashion. I just want the flaming fist of the great Carlos Vasquez back. Please. <laughs> I won't pull my finger back. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've all uh, basically boiled down to is that uh, Bonanza Brawl is a perfect game. We all should play it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I have no idea if you guys actually know what that means. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I, 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 I create an alternative to Enforcer Brawl that involves like random upgrades, so you can't be that concerned about metagaming it, because sometimes the cards will screw you over, and sometimes they won't. Uh, but anyways. The fate deck on steroids. Yeah, it was, uh, I basically used a modified version of the old um, uh, Shifting Loyalties campaign deck. Which I love. Yeah, and so, but once the, we moved over to three and some of that stuff went away, I just basically made a 52-card upgrade deck that coincided to a single card in the game, and each one of those has two options on it, um, which includes flex tape, if that's appealing to you people. <laughs> okay, uh, I think that was that was it, Cody, you were last? Yeah, P went. Okay, Colgan, your topic. All right, I guess we'll go with something a little bit lighter. So... <laughs> Um, I always like hearing about Malifaux lore, but there's like so much backlog and I'm not trying to get to it. So I'm just curious, like what everyone's favorite bit of fluff in Malifaux is. Like for me, the one that I learned most about recently was just that the in the bayou, they decided that whoever has the biggest hat is the leader. It just seems great to me. <laughs> it's height, not width as well on that one. There's <laughs> arguments. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> Fucking jury would run everything then, wouldn't she? <laughs> no, okay. she's not. A, she's not a gremlin. Um, uh, uh, Kyle, next. You next. Oh wow! When we get to bit like fluff bits, there's a lot of interesting little things in there. I'm mostly I like to learn about the history and like little glimpses of background pieces, like finding out slowly what the tyrants, who the tyrants are, and that sort of stuff. I'm a big fan of that kind of information. I don't know if there's anyone that stands out more than the others as far as like their reveals and that sort of stuff. But I'm always looking forward for more of that, like more of the background, more of the history as far as like the big story history, as opposed to like the little day to day stories. 
And so I want to I want to know more of like what happened, and I want weird to advance the plot and tell me those things. And I love it when they do, and that's my favorite parts is when they do actually advance the plot, and they're like, "Oh, holy crap! Okay, they re- finally revealed this new tyrant," and so on and so forth, without giving any of the. I don't want to give anything away for people that are looking for the lore, so I'm not going to say any of the actual I mean, examples. Just, just do it, man. I'm... Spoiler alert. Well, like the new one. Um, <laughs> spoiler. Fortune is now locked in Pandora's box as well half. as Despair. Well, half. Okay, yeah. The other one is in Soulstones. That's not going to end up poorly or anything. Well, no, no totally it'll be fine. No, it'll be, be fine. fine. There'll be triplets. Fine. Everything's burning around. This is fine. It's all fine. Okay. Uh, we're up to me, and I'm going to pull. I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I took that to be Malifaux the Universe, not Malifaux the Game, because technically this fluff is derived from Through the Breach, the RPG, instead. Um, there's a ton of stuff I love about the floor, the the fluff, the lore, the floor, the luff. But here's the one that this, the first thing that came to mind is I absolutely fucking love how their magic system works. One, um, every single existing sort of form of magic. So like your Harry Potter, which is in wizardry to your um, voodoo, you know, priestess or your Romani uh, fortune teller. All of those are sort of like legal origins of magic in, in the Malifaux universe. And the way their magic things is things are split up into like four different colleges and, Oh, Hey, look, there are four different suits of cards in the game and they line up surprisingly enough. And spells work in that, like, you have a generic sort of spell that does things, but then you just stack modifiers on top of it to make the target number higher or lower. So, like, a more a better spell is harder to cast, but you can also, like, I take two AP to cast it instead of one, and that makes it easier. And shit like that, it just felt, like, real well put together and works with the universe and is not this D&D bullshit where if you take any time to think about it, you realize that spellcasters are basically gods and can do anything they want. You can actually fuck it up in Malifo. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so I didn't think anyone was going to actually pull that. So I went with that one. All right, Ray, you are next. Um, I have two that come to mind. Um, I don't remember the details. I just remember more the impression. There's a story between Hoffman and I think Anna Lovelace. Yeah. And yes. And the humanization of the characters. I'm a writer. And so I'm, there's a lot of things I look for and I'm kind of a little hypercritical. And like one of the things for Malifaux for me, it's, it's kind of cotton candy, kind of early Jim Butcher kind of feeling. Most of it is. Okay. But, but every now and then they come with, they do some characterizations. They come up with some stories that are like really like well written. Like I want books on this kind of stuff. And that, Mm -hmm. that story for me, those characterizations and like seeing the complexity of the Hoffman character in a new light was really wonderful for me. And, um, on the little more cotton candy side, um, I really love the Asami origin story. I'm sad. (laughs) Yeah. It's a really depressing story, but it's like, (laughs) it's not cotton candy at all. Well, I cotton candy in its writing style. Like it's it's fa- it's fairly tropey. Okay. Um, and uh, it's it's easy to read, easy to digest, easy to process because it's like, oh, okay, it's this style of story. But I still like the fact that they went that direction, and I like the fact that 
it's not as black and it, it, they could have gone very black and white with it and they didn't and I really appreciated that. Yay. That should probably might make us go around the table one more time and talk about our favorite stories. No, I won't do that. Chris. Uh, well, I've been a Gremlin player since near enough the start of second edition. So when Zip came out with the new Masters, I was like, why the fuck is there a Gremlin with a jetpack? So when when they brought out his story and it was all about how he was like listening to these dashing pirate adventures on the ether box and then he decided to steal an airship and drop pianos off the back of it. I was like, that's an amazing bit of story. And it's... Um, it inspired one of our lads in our local group. He's just finished it today, but he made a conversion of Roscoe from the story. And if you know the story, um, when they get on the ship, they've got these weird flying engines and, and Zip tells them to make them into iron skeeters. And Roscoe says, no, I want a flying pig. So they make him a metal flying pig. <laughs> this lad in our group's made this metal flying pig and converted a model for it. Nice. Beautiful. It's the way the fluff can inspire you as well to yeah. do the things like that. You know, you don't have to go with the generic models in the boxes. There are little tweaks you can make to it. That's beautiful. It's a business suit, iron sides. Okay, Cody. <laughs> um, yeah, I like, uh, I think I like the stories of how all the avatars came to be because it was, it's very much like a thing where you're like, oh, that's, that's. That's why it's like that. Oh, there was like an ice golem shield and raspy, and then they like melded together. Oh, that, I see why this model exists now. I think it's a cool little bit of fluff. But uh, I don't know. I'm going to say that uh, my the future forthcoming story about English Ivan in the Explorer book is my favorite because he's, <laughs> he's already bay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think my local meta is going to hate me when I get my hands on that box. I think oh. all of our met is going to get their hands on that box. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I called it on a pod, so uh, I got dibs. <laughs> well, you're not in our meta anymore, so uh, you, can have, you can have dibs down there. Yeah, you should say that with more sadness. I mean, like... <laughs> chill, chill, chill. I would like them to be super ballsy and all of the, the shadow models to actually just be 2D. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they're not going to do that. But now that you've said that, I am totally going to make paper standees of my shadow models just for that reason. You, you don't need paper standees. Just cut them out of the box. <laughs> a super matte black paint that you always see advertised on page, yeah. Facebook, like the blackest pigments ever that just absorbs light. Yeah, yeah that was like that was my workaround for wanting so many uh, Imperial Guard models back when I thought I was going to do 40K. Is like, you know what? It just has to be a like so much percent games workshop materials and you know what the box they come in is materials i got that two kid money i can't afford i say times, are, times are hard up in north carolina mm. uh, okay Who, who's next please someone i think I'm, it's me i think it's me okay go <laughs> go go um, go so the great thing about the, and honestly, when I first looked at kind of like all these models and stuff, it didn't make sense. And I think you really do need to appreciate the background to get into this game a lot because you have this Victorian age, you have this steampunk, you have getting into, you know, pretty close to like almost World War One times. And then you, you have like this spiritual fantasy base kind of into it. And just this really interesting mechanic of being able to go through the breach in this human side of the world into this really fantasy driven Cthulhu, almost like doomsday driven kind of universe. And 
the story that really hit home with me was it, it was early on fluff when Charles Hoffman basically is in the train and I can't remember. I think, I think the Vic's in there too. I think she might be in there with her sword, but I, I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly. Yep. But yeah. And basically he has this moment where, you know, his brother basically passes out and they basically, you, you almost get enveloped by the magical energy of the Malifaux dimension. And just, hearing how that converted him to who he was and then how you see him play on the table. It's just, it's a very powerful story that they're, they're driving. So it it is a really, really unique and awesome thing that they're doing with it. Was that first edition fluff? I think it was. Yep. That's, that's a very big gap in my knowledge because I didn't really start playing until late M2, like after, I think post wave three, well, I, I went I back because, I mean, I started an M3. I don't even, you know, MT or M- post M- two wait, rules. Yes. I don't even know. But I just started fluff from the beginning because I'm a I'm a very fluff driven guy. So sure, I, yeah. I had to understand the history of what was going on. Yeah, I haven't read any of the first edition fluff. I've been meaning to go back to it for a long time. And it's just one of those things where I don't have access, easy access to it. So, oh, yes, you do, sir. Shout out to Breachside Broadcast. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so uh, much for doing that. You know, I, I'm such a mutant. I ha- oh. I can't listen. Oh, to no. a, I can't listen to a podcast unless I'm doing nothing else because my brain doesn't process audio like that. So oh. I am not one of those people who can just put a podcast on while I'm driving or like, you know, while I'm, you know, cleaning the house or something like that. I literally won't absorb any information. So I just it's a matter of me getting time. But Breachside Broadcast is totally up there because I hear nothing but amazing things about it. And and they're pretty far along the storyline, too, right? Like, they're literally going through every story from, like, M1 through. And yeah, basically, I had to give up and start doing Chronicle stories. Right. So what do you do when you drive? Just, just text? Uh, yeah. <laughs> just drink. Update his Twitter. No, I, I listen to just music. Drinks that I, the moonshine. I, I, I listen to the same music I've been listening to for 20 years because I can't literally process anything new. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I guess you, you know all the lyrics at the very least. Yep, pretty much. Okay. Uh, is that everyone? Did everyone go? Okay. All right. Uh, Kyle, it is your topic, sir. Okay. Well, I got a couple bait from both of them. Do I want to go with the funny or the interesting? We'll go with the interesting. Oh, yeah. So, who's a historical figure you want to see appear and referenced in Malifaux that makes sense? And I'm going to go with Dr. Seuss, Nightmare Crew. Boom. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Nightmare Crew of who? Mike Trump. No, just Nightmare. He Joey oh. Dreamer. Dr. Oh, Seuss okay. in the Nightmare Crew. Okay. Fair. Fair. All right. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Oh, man. But I they're used- not very nice fish. I keep forgetting his name, and I feel bad because that's like one of the biggest, most common trivia questions out there as well. Was Doctor Soyce? If I'm going to be that guy, I am that guy. <laughs> Doctor Soyce is uh, a real name, and I keep forgetting it, so I apologize for that. My, Sorry, I think he's dead. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, considering he was born in like 1904 or something like that. He wrote. He did like propaganda for World War II, if I recall correctly think anyways i'm actually going to go with another nightmare-esque uh model here but this is going to be um i think it's going to be another master primarily because there's some there's some models and there are some characters in the game that kind of have their own little thing that no one else delves into and it'd be more fun to have if they had competition 
And right now, the only character in the game that's sort of playing around, toying with the, the nightmare realm is Dreamer. But what if we gave him someone else to sort of like be the king of the nightmares or the guy that uh, knows how to use stuff from that universe just as well? Uh, I would love for there to be a, a rival to the Dreamer. But this person, I, I'm not going to make a child. And I think it would be fucking awesome if we got Salvador Dali <laughs> as like a mentally unstable artist who can also just pull stuff out of the nightmare realm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. That was a long setup, but yeah, I, it would be cool. He definitely fits, I think, yeah. in the Malifo. Elephant with giraffe legs walking around and <laughs> melting your face off. God damn it. <laughs> okay, that's my answer. Uh, right. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit here and I'm going to go historical ish. Oh, that's um, fine. I'm a big fan of the romance of the three kingdoms, the novel, yeah. the games, the yeah. setting, like that era of quote unquote Chinese history from around the yellow turban rebellion and mm-hmm. past. I would love to see some oath, some oath of the peach garden shenanigans and get Guan Yu uh, Lu Bang and Zhang Fei into Ten Thunders. That would just be amazing. I think they would fit very well aesthetically. And just having like, you know, some, some giant dude with a long beard and a giant fucking pole arm, you know, like <laughs> who doesn't who doesn't want Guan Yu on their side of the yeah, table? Man, that'd be- That's all I'm gonna say. Chris. Hello. Um I went with someone it uh, it is a historical figure. He's kind of a dubious character. And somebody's kind of stole his name already in Malifaux. And it's uh, Grigory Rasputin. Oh, love <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> and just this horrible figure walking around, pretending to heal people, but really he's just stealing things off them. I think he'd probably be a Reza slash Arcanist because they're both filthy. <laughs> <laughs> but you That's would brilliant. have changed his name because Rasputina had just seemed like his wife. That's brilliant. I love that. She's mad about it. <laughs> it's just a coincidence, you son of a bitch. He just dropped the last name. He just isn't. He isn't Rasputin. He's just call him Grigori. Call him Grigori. Grigori, the, the charlatan, the thief, some kind of thing like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the healer. The healer. Disputed. In, in quotes. <laughs> yeah, the Grigori, Russia's greatest love machine. <laughs> ra, ra, Grigori. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Someone got that. It was a that's been a, super that's a, fucking awkward. I was going to say, that's a metal track, isn't it? <laughs> it started no, off as a disco track. Really? <laughs> Are you serious? Because yeah. I only know there's a, so I only know that song from a like Norwegian metal band. Yeah, it was a, it was a night. It was a 1970s like disco track where it's this it's it's this dude and he's just he's dancing and doing his disco thing. But he's singing about Rasputin. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rob, Rob, Rasputin, lover of the Wash- Russian queen, blah, yep. blah, blah. Yeah, no, so there's a band called, I think it's Tur- Teresas. Um, they do a metal cover of it that's pretty yeah. fantastic. That, it's like folk metal, metal, too, because there's like an accordion in it and shit. It's, it's fantastic. There's a, yeah, fuck, yes, that's exactly where I cut it from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, fuck, who's up next? I've got this, this, this lineup all I think, it's, up. I think it's Cody. Okay. It's Cody. Yeah, yeah. it's Cody. Um, hmm. So mine wouldn't exactly be historical, more like near history, but I, I would like to see someone who's uh, 
a counter to Nelly and sort of the media space where Nelly's like a propagandist. I would rather see someone who's like an anonymous style sort of leaker. So I'm thinking like an Assange figure. Um, so basically someone who is, is, is basically propped up on like leaking things rather than creating propaganda, you know, you can call them a propagandist too, whatever. Uh, so like, uh, in guessing gameplay, it would be sort of like, maybe like Varys from Game of Thrones, where if you do anything near his little birds or her snitches or whatever, he gives like your leader a debuff. So like the debuffs trickle up based off what the, the cronies do, something like that. That would be uh, potentially fun. That's pretty cool. I really like that, man. That's, yeah. cool. That's sick. I thought you were going to go with like some kind of secret police thing. I was like, sure. Let's watch the media. <laughs> I was waiting for the words fake news. <laughs> I heard a rumor somewhere that originally uh, Nelly was supposed to be Arcanist and Sandeep was supposed to be Guild. Really? Yeah. I don't recall that. It kind of, it, to me, it makes a little bit of sense. Just because currently Guild is is running the show in India. Um, I guess they, they worked that into Sandeep's thing where that's part, part of his backstory, but just like, I, me with my child being such a fucking addict to news sheets over like the past two years. And the fact that there was something like that actually happening in New York around this time of day, it sort of felt like free, the freedom of the media and, and you know anti-establishment kind of thing would work more towards Arcanist than it would be Guild. But anyways. I think it would be funny if it was like Arcanist and like Neverborn, like a dual master type situation there where it's like it's some aspect. Like, you know, an aspect of truth or an aspect of like, you know, information that's just like, oh, I know how to screw this up. I'll just tell the truth. It's so much more fun. (laughs) All right. Uh, Vote vote for Pedro. (laughs) 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 All right. Who's who's next? I don't. Pete. Pete. Yeah. Pedro. Pedro. All right. So I think what would be really cool and you get a little bit of this with some of the Rezzer stuff going on. But I think if you get something where you get almost like a like a Victor Frankenstein kind of feel to it, where yeah. you get you get the Mary <laughs> Shelleyness, but you also throw in like the Gene Wilder, you know, Victor Frankenstein, Frankenstein. <laughs> and you know you, you can put in like the goofy comedy references, but you also have like the pretty cool, you know, dramatic story of Frankenstein. So I think that would be a really cool thing where you could even if you wanted to include some of the story there, where like. Dr. Frankenstein is like hunting down the creature, trying to get him maybe from your opponent's side of the table back to, you know, your side. Or There's a lot of cool little, uh, I think, areas of the board play you can have with those um, different models you would have in that faction. They just have to have an ability on him that's uh, put the candle back. And, <laughs> and the creature has to have a trigger putting on the wrist. Yeah, and then you can get, you know, the violin to kind of calm him down. You know, fire, like if he catches on fire, he just goes ballistic and like kills everybody around him. <laughs> yeah. And the whole keyword as a, as an ability where they just say the name Igor and he pops up next to them. <laughs> uh, it's so Igor. Are, are we talking, <laughs> talking about the doctor as a model or the monster as a model or both? I mean, both. Or or no no Who okay. was the real monster? The doctor or the monster? <laughs> yeah, that's a deep question. I would, I would, I would pause it. <laughs> If it pleases the crowd that if we're going for an even wackier McMorning, we throw in a bit of Dr. Frank and Furter as well. No, just make them cousins. <laughs> oh, damn it. 
They they ha- they both have a bonus action to do the time warp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, Frank, but Frankenfurter says again on it. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Okay, uh, Colgan, you last. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, so I guess shout out to my high school biology teacher. Um, <laughs> since my history knowledge isn't great, let I, I'd go with uh, Gregor Mendel. Oh. Um, I think you could do some interesting things. Maybe you could have plants. And then I guess you're talking earlier about like that replace mechanic. So you could combine like different models in his keyword to like, I guess, get like unique combinations from them. And then you can kind of like reconfigure your crew on the fly like that. Hybrids. Yes. Hybrid. Yeah. I was going to say there was a moment at the start where you were going to say that it was your high school biology teacher that you wanted to bring into my <laughs> Shout out to my biology teacher. <laughs> I totally want him to be in Resurrection. <laughs> my high school biology teacher was my dad. <laughs> I don't want him in this game. I was actually expecting like a, a Mendel or another, you know, biologist to make an appearance in this game. Um, we have someone kind of like that with the the lady. Um, that's there's the new Seymour Audrey coming out, isn't there? That's the little Shop of Horrors reference. Nice, nice, yeah. Has anyone here ever played the game Gloom? Yes, I see, I know of it. So their whole thing with the the whole thing with overlaying cards, like I just have in my head, like with the hybrids, like with that idea, where like you start out with a card that has like only one ability on it, but whenever it hybrids, you put another card over it, and it just keeps adding abilities and actions. Yeah, Magic: The Gathering just did something similar to that with like a mutate mechanic, where you can mutate a creature on top of another creature, and it's yeah. a co- it's a cool idea. I went all in on the Godzilla cards for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, oh somebody to pick from. And I feel like we've got to end with a silly one, especially since it's we're short on time. So I'm going to go with what is an idiom or turn of phrase that only exists in Malifaux? I feel like that's a good closing oh. one. Uh, fuck Let's man. you be a the steam power one. scoundrels question. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because I have three. (laughs) You're going to listen to all three of them because it is my show. Damn it. And you're going to enjoy it. Option one. Never trust a child farther farther than you can throw it. Option two. Always check for consent and a pulse. Option three. Oh my God. (laughs) Really? Option three, live fast, die young, leave behind a mangled corpse that no one can raise. <laughs> that is, that, that's me. That's that's me. I'm I'm done talking. <laughs> <laughs> real real good stuff, real good stuff. Ray, Ray, I put you on the spot. What, I'm gonna follow anything? that up. I'm gonna follow that up with what I would say in the wake of hearing that as a sweet fucking tyrants, man. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right, Chris. I, I, I'm lost for words, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> um, I, I, it wasn't exactly an idiom or a phrase, but uh, you know, something you hear in Alif- Malifaux that you'd never heard any th- anywhere else is, "My God, that that zombie's pretty attractive." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is going in a very dark and bad direction. <laughs> I, I think I you were listening to one of those uh, comments a little too closely there, Chris. I said a very poor precedent. <laughs> I apologize. To I the hope you wouldn't hear that anywhere else. The shit we do all the fucking time. I apologize. Kind of. <laughs> Cody. 
Uh, just one sec. I'm Googling idioms. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh boy. Um, it's going to be a while. I'll give me a Malifor, too. A bird in the hand is um, con- concerning because it's probably some like crow-based necromancer like in uh, the Bioshock game. <laughs> All of the Malifaux flora and fauna sucks, including the birds. Well, all of Malifaux is very aware of Bioshock too. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, we need we need we need Bioshock references in the game. Yeah, good, good, good thinking, good thinking, Kyle. Pete, I only got one. Nobody puts Baby Cade in the corner. (laughs) Fuck. Get out. <laughs> it, is the, it is the one and only English phrase that Teddy can actually speak. You're fired. <laughs> and then you die. Okay. Oh, there's my timer. All right. Colgan. Not saved by the bell. Um, <laughs> yeah, gotta wrap it up. Gotta wrap it up. Uh, feels hard to follow up. Um, maybe <laughs> just like lumpier than a coat full of rats. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how often like rats um rat kings try to like I don't know open up a savings account or some other bullshit and the teller just happens to be two gremlins on a trench coat. That'd be a great conversation. <laughs> Kyle I feel like you'd be a toast. It's a dark one, but it makes sense. And yeah. so you die naked alone and the body not be found. Because you don't want to be reanimated, you don't want your soul sucked into a soul stone. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't Cheers. want to re- be reanimated. Re- reanimated. Reanimated. <laughs> re- reanimated uh, naked either. That would probably suck. Eh, you probably don't care. That. If it's me, <laughs> at least I gained a terrifying ability. So that's. There you go. Yeah. All right. That is time. 90 minutes are up. Oh, great. We got through one round. That was awesome. We had some good stuff. We had some legitimate, good quality stuff in there. And then we had bullshit when I started talking about consent. <laughs> so, that is like a great, great way to phrase that man <laughs> good, good phrase <laughs> fuck thank you guys for coming on it was a blast maybe we'll try and organize something like this uh, later on I don't know um, everyone seemed to be like pretty available too so it was really cool um, yeah, thanks for having us yeah, yeah. you all rock I will, get, I will get links from all of you so I can put that in the description so if people haven't heard of your podcast they can follow it at least relatively easily um, anything else we want? I guess I'm the person narrating, so I should know what's going on. Ah, fuck it. Let's end it. All right. And as I always say to you listeners, oh, thank you listeners for listening and, uh, appreciate all these folks. They put in a lot of work to entertain you and their passion for this game is amazing. So appreciate every single one of these people and every single one of the podcasts. And as I always say, I am sorry for the things I've said. <laughs> Good night. Don't listen to him, he's lying. Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> nice show. <laughs> Alright, bye guys. Bye.